Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Tonight's segment on aged sardines had to be canceled because we couldn't find that little metal key thing. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on, uh, hey, uh, what you'll you'll find out soon is uh, sometimes a Wednesday morning. Uh, Yeah, got that. Uh, So (laughs) this is uh, way pre-recorded because as I'm sitting here, it's Friday because I'm off to, uh, I'm in uh, Europe, as you'll hear about uh, in a little bit. My uh, co-host tonight is uh, Shane Ireland. Shane's back, and he's got an idea for some uh, tobacco blends for you to try. Then we'll have uh, music and a mailbag and a rant. All that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Remember, if you want to see some of what I'm doing, follow me on Facebook. That's the only place I really post any of that stuff. Uh, Just click on there and follow me or uh, send me a friend request. And uh, while I'm gone, we'll keep new shows coming to you every week, or, you know, regularly. Well, once a week. Um, anyway, it's uh, it, it's actually Friday, so, yeah, it's a little early for me to be recording this, so we'll have a little truncated uh, mailbag. But, hope you all uh, survive St. Patrick's Day, the Ides of March, and um, all that fun stuff. And uh, hope you're uh, starting to feel maybe some spring weather. I know the, the Northeast has just been getting hammered this March with, uh, with snow and stuff. Uh, those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, hope you're enjoying your fall weather because uh, we're <laughs> up here. We're happy to send back, uh, you know, start sending back that, uh, that cold weather back down to you. Um, I'd like to remind everybody, since the weather is getting moderate as we hit as we head towards the uh, the spring equinox, to uh, yeah, you know, try to get outside and smoke your pipe and be visible in front of other people so that everybody can see what a uh, modern day pipe smoker looks like. So, uh, with all that, let me invite you all to sit back, relax, fire up a bowl, and here we go. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining me from the other Carolina, the Southern Carolina, where you don't have to wear shoes. In fact, owning shoes is not really likely. Um, (laughs) Shane Ireland. Shane, welcome back. Good to talk to you again. What have you been up to? I'm uh, just getting ready to start hitting the road again uh, pretty soon. Uh, travel season is upon me. Um, I've got some international travel coming up. And then, uh, I mean, you know, by now, Chicago is practically around the corner. So everybody's getting ready for that by now. Yeah, you're getting uh, so. So as this show is being played, you are in Scandinavia somewhere and I'm in Paris, I believe. <laughs> we should meet up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be at the street corner. Um, I'll be the guy smoking the pipe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the good news is, is that you're going to be in, you're going to Denmark for the world smoking competition or the Danish smoking competition. Yeah, it's the Copenhagen pipe show slash the, uh, uh, the Danish championship. Um, and I always attend it. It's always the same time in March every year. And then, uh, I take that as an opportunity, uh, to spend about two and a half weeks, um, on the road visiting all of our pipe makers in Denmark. And we've bribed you to uh, get some uh, little blurbs and interviews and some discussions for uh, future shows. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. And then literally by the time you're, you know, by the time we're both back, it's time to ramp up for Chicago. And, uh, you know, I, I remember Chicago prep. Is it, is it still like a couple of weeks of getting everything all lined up and getting everybody coordinated and getting all the cats to march in a row? Oh, gosh, yeah. And and honestly, it's more than that. For some of us, um, the Chicago prep pretty much starts at New Year's, you know. So, um, you know, t- but tickets and rooms and, you know, arranging for, you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, coordinating when everybody from the various places in the country uh, that arrive on behalf of Loud DC. Um, it, yeah, it begins it begins much, much earlier than that these days. But uh, it really starts to hit us a couple of weeks out from the show. And uh I got to say, and I, I'm, I'm sure that anybody who's been to the show would agree with this, but every year, no matter what, 
as soon as you get to that resort, it feels like you left about a week ago. <laughs> and and the minute you unpack, you think, God, this is going to be a long week. And then at before my, you know it, before you know it, you're like, that looked like the bed that I think I was going to sleep in, and this week is gone. Exactly, exactly. Before you know it, it's three in the morning on Sunday, and uh, yeah, you you haven't even turned in yet. <laughs> yeah, so we got that to look forward to. Um, so, all right, what are you uh, what are you smoking tonight? I am smoking uh, an older tin of Dunhill Elizabethan. Uh, this is Murray's era, so uh, still made in uh, uh, Ireland. And um, I am smoking that in a Cornelius Mann's billiard with a, a, a horn car or a bamboo carved horn extension, uh, which is something that I think Cornelius pretty much pioneered uh, in the early 2000s. I don't know that too many people were uh, doing the like faux bamboo out of a piece of horn before him. Where is uh, where's Cornelius from? Germany. Ah, the the little country south of Denmark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neighbors. Yeah. All right, well, for tonight, I decided to uh, pull out a pipe that um, you're familiar with. Um, it's a uh, bamboo sandblasted Sato that I just got a little bit ago, and I've just been uh, smoking the heck out of it. And, I, and in particular for recording, I wanted to pull it out and smoke it because... I'm not taking it on the road with me. Uh, I'm taking my three smaller, more compact pipes that travel a little better. Um, sure, sure. And don't... Well, when you're on the road, too, you can't set aside two hours every time you want to have a bowl, either. Uh, no, but when I'm on the road, I if I get 20 minutes to sit down and smoke my pipe, I do that, and then I put my little cap on it and put a pipe cleaner up it, and you know, 30 seconds later, the pipe's starting to cool down. I throw it in my pocket, and we go on to the next place, and then when I get another 20 minutes, so I may smoke one traditional group four size pipe in, you know, maybe like four 20 minute segments throughout a day. And I'll, I'll tamp and relight and go and use the same pipe cleaner and it'll just be in my pocket the whole time. I've got to try that. I've got to get a little wind cap or something too, because I find that first of all, I have always been, you know, I I, I understand and uh, I have I have uh, experienced the benefits of the uh, delayed gratification technique, um, but I am I am maybe a bit stubborn in the sense that I prefer to finish a bowl when I start it. So that's usually why I take my my teeny stuff on the road because you know if I'm driving for like five hours, uh, you know I can load the same pipe two or three times no problem. But if I literally only have a couple of minutes outside because it's snowing or it's you know it's Denmark or <laughs> Sweden. Um, yeah, then, uh, then I can, I can still get a nice 20 to 30 minute smoke in. No, I'll literally, I will literally, and I bought one of the blue, uh, the Rossi zipper two pipe cases that are, oh, kind, yeah, of, those are great. kind of hard sided and I it didn't seem all that expensive to me. I think it's like 20 bucks if I remember right. Um, I throw one of those in my backpack with two pipes in it and 20 pipe cleaners and then a tin of tobacco in my backpack and I'm off to smoke wherever I can. And you know, the 20 minutes at a time, fine. I'll just toss it in my, in the pocket of my jacket. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then this will segue a little bit, uh, kind of good into, into my next question. This will segue kind of goodly. Are you ready? <laughs> Shoot. Uh, I was, uh, in, in light of recent, um, uh, in light of recent uh, happenings, I was looking through my tobacco stash and digging around and reorganizing things to see where I was. Sure. I found a, a jar of McClellan's 2015 that I jarred up and I packed it tight. I mean, there was four ounces of tobacco in one of those little half pint jam jars. Oh, sure. Uh, in Yeah. I, oh, man, that's uh, that's really tight. Yeah. And I've been smoking that because i thought well all right you know i gotta i can't you can't really when you're traveling again you can't really carry a glass jar in your backpack uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it has never stopped me i always have my little i seem to always have one of those little half pint jars in my bag yeah so well i don't want to carry any glass um <laughs> but that you know in light of what was going on so i would imagine without uh, without you divulging too much um, that the McClellan news kind of, uh, hit you guys hard and kept you busy for a while. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, I think everybody everybody is feeling it. You know, it's uh, um, they've been a staple for decades. So you know, especially for us American customers, you know, it's it's a, a really popular, really really well known brand, and I think everybody has at least a handful of favorites. But um, you know, we the rumors had been flying for a little while there, and then actually when uh, the announcement was made on your show, I guess that would have been what the first week of March or last week of February. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, then then uh, you know that's when we started getting ready, and and that's when we also found out that we were receiving one final shipment. So, <clears throat> you know, it was it was a good amount a good amount of tobacco, and we put um, you know uh, limits on it so that everybody could have uh, you know a fair chance to grab some. And even still, it took us less than twelve hours for all of that to be gone. So I think everybody was kind of waiting, you know, to make sure that they could grab the last little bit of stuff. And, and it really, it wasn't even all that many facings that were left by then. When you got in that morning or the next morning, were there people like camped out on the front door, you know, in lawn chairs and sleeping bags that have slept overnight waiting for like the, you know, the, the, uh, the Black Friday <laughs> super deal or the, or the great concert tickets? No, nobody made the pilgrimage to uh, Myrtle Beach, but uh, but yeah, I mean we we had uh, we had a lot of customers calling in, a lot of customers writing in, and um, you know we did our best to uh, get all those packages shipped quickly and make sure that we you know spread spread the spread the wealth around, you know, and uh, gave everybody a chance to get some. But even still, uh, it, it was still surprising, you know, even bracing for it, it was still surprising to see how many people came out and and placed orders, and uh, you know how many people were you know, devoted fans that, that wanted to get their hands on some of the last of the stuff. Yeah. I, you know, again, I was looking through my stuff, seeing how much I have and going, oh, you know, and, and of course I had the letter like four, like four and a half, five hours before the show went live. So I was thinking, sure, sure. Eh, can I? no, Oh I, God, I got to place an order. Yeah. No. And, and you know, the thing is because of the nature of like, you know, especially with the Virginia blends, uh, the way that some of those ended up being phased out due to lack of availability of some of the components, um, you know, that stuff had been gone for quite some time by the time that we, we all heard the news. So, you know, unfortunately, not as many of the facings were back in stock when we received the last shipment as we would have liked. Personally, yeah. I wish I wish that I had, you know, added a, another half dozen tins of number 24, uh, you know, six months ago and maybe some more Tudor Castle. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. All right, let's take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about, uh, we'll introduce the topic that you want to talk about because it's all you tonight. I'm just going to sit here and play uh, play stupid. So uh, <laughs> st stay with us. Shane and I will be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenay's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Shane and I. All right, Shane, what is the uh, introduce the topic? I know what it is, but introduce it, and I'll ask all the uh, I'll ask all the uh, the uh, novice questions about it. So I was thinking again about the the sorts of questions that I get most often, um, and I wanted to talk about crossover blends. Uh, and what what I mean by crossover blends is is the kind of stuff where if you're predominantly a Virginia smoker and you want to dip your toes in the waters of you know Latakia or English blends, where do you, where do you start? And and likewise, if you're an aromatic smoker and you want to get started on Virginia Periques, where do you start? Um, so there's there's those kind of blends that sort of fit in between all of these uh, all of these different you know styles. 
and um, it's a really good way for people to kind of like you know broaden their experience and try some new stuff and really get an idea of what they really like before they you know jump in and buy a bunch of you know whatever the hot popular blend is in any of those categories. Yeah, and and it might also be a way for you to smoke something that you more like, but may have a more pleasant room note for those around you. Oh, exactly. That's that's a big part of it. So, you know, I, I don't smoke very many aromatics, but I always have a few on hand just in case, you know, it's mixed company. We're having a party at the house. And, you know, even though the parties at my house tend to include a number of pipe smokers, it's not always <laughs> it's not always people that are used to being, you know, being around smoke. So. All right. Where do we start? Um, let's start with, uh, if you're an aromatic smoker and you want to get into either Virginia's or, uh, or English. What do you got? So I think that if you're an aromatic smoker and, uh, you want to get into Virginia's, um, uh, and actually this kind of goes, this kind of goes in a couple of directions, but, uh, there's a few things I would recommend. One would be, um, uh, uh, actually it's a newer, a newer blend, uh, Mad Fiddler Flake. Uh, it's a C and D product, uh, from the, uh, 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 old one series. And the thing is it's, it's pretty stout and it's got some nice complexity, but also there's this really great kind of boozy, uh, topping on it. You get, you get a nice bit of aroma. So it's got this really nice, you know, kind of boozy aroma, and um, uh, there's a lot of stuff like that 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 would work well for someone coming out of the aromatics and into the into the Virginia blends, you know, stuff with rum on it and your navy flakes and all that kind of thing. But what I like about the Mad Flid- the Mad Fiddler is that it's balanced all this all this Virginia and, and Casturi and Perique is balanced with a nice little dash of Black Cavendish, so it retains some of that creaminess uh, that a lot of aromatic smokers might be used to with that kind of fuller body, but not necessarily necessarily a ton of strength and like i said i I mean the the topping itself is complex but the note off of it is like a really nice fruity boozy kind of a thing and that's both in the smoke and in the aroma i think fruity boozy would have been my dancer name if i was a dancer (laughs) oh yeah that would that would work that would work i could see that uh is there uh what's the new glp's blend that came out that's kind of a bit of a crossover virginia flake aromatic that's another one that's another one uh the virginia cream that's yeah. a that's another good place to start um so it's a solid virginia base again you've got like a just a dash of cavendish in there um and and a nice sort of vanilla creamy kind of topping um so yeah, that that's another good one too, uh, and it has it has a nice bit of body and a little bit of Kentucky and a little bit of Perique, so you can kind of dip your toes into the waters of the Virginia Perique as well. Even though I think that the Virginia Cream as a blend is is much more of a straight Virginia, uh, despite the uh, the sort of I don't know uh, several components that it, that are made that that blend is made up of. <laughs> it, it smokes it smokes like a Virginia. Yeah. All right, any uh, any others maybe if we uh, uh is there just like I guess you could also kind of consider maybe some of the traditional Danish flakes as a as a crossover yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I mean, if you're if you're interested in Virginia's at all, regardless of what you've been smoking, you should smoke Orlick Golden Sliced. You know, you you kind of it's 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 a benchmark and it's a place where you can kind of determine whether you like more citrusy and grassy Virginias or if you want something a little spicier, a little more rich, a little more dark fruit. Um, so there is there is like a sort of citrusy, you know, kind of honey and orange zest kind of thing going on there, and uh, uh, it's appealing to a lot of different palates, and that's that's a definitely one to consider but as far as english is for aromatic smokers um uh there's a there's a few that i think are really great and one that i think is fairly underrated is Silum's black have you ever smoked that brian no because it's got that that strange nasty word you know latakia in it oh okay sure sure <laughs> So Silum's Black is is on on the surface a pretty straight up uh, uh, medium English blend. Um, it does have a dash of Cavendish in it, um, but it also has like a really nice top note that is described as being uh, honey and fruit essence. Uh, and and it sounds kind of funny. Like, w- would you really want an English blend, a Latakia blend, with like this real sweet topping on it? Uh, but it actually works out really well. It's really balanced, and uh, I I would put my money on this being one of the 
few Latakia blends that any of us could get away with smoking around the misses and, you know, not, not get dirty looks, you know, <laughs> do you, when you, when you smoke something like, like the Silum's black, do you pick up, uh, is the room note more of the topping and then the flavor coming up the pipe? Is that more of the, the tobacco content? Yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, you get a little bit of added, added sweetness uh, in the smoke itself, but mostly um, uh, the, the honey and fruit essence just gives it a nice room note. And, and really, it makes the retrohale more interesting, too. Um, but you're still getting nice, dark, smoky, toasty flavors with just a little bit of sweetness kind of sitting right on top of it. But the room note itself is much less campfire and a little bit more, I don't know, figgy pudding or Christmas, <laughs> you know, or Christmas cake. now you got me hungry for figgy pudding yeah i know right Um, which i found out pudding in england just means dessert yeah i know that that's like cheating i'm I'm sorry i I found that i was like yorkshire pudding and figgy pudding they're not puddings they're pudding is dessert it's whatever just confection (laughs) yeah cheaters anyway all right what else you got for us that sounds good so moving in the other direction, um, and actually I think this one kind of works both ways. If you're a Virginia guy and you want to dip your toes into the aromatic waters or if, or if you're an aromatic smoker and you want to go the other direction, this one kind of goes both ways. Uh, it's, it's a really popular blend and for good reason, uh, Peter Stokeby Luxury Twist Flake. Huh. So Luxury Twist, I have, I have long, long said that if you're a Virginia smoker – uh, and you really, really want something with a killer room note, but with a really nice natural tobacco flavor, Lu- Luxury Twist is at the top of my list. Um, and, it, and it does. It has, you know, uh, the, the note, the top note is somewhere around vanilla and caramel, but it's it's really subtle in the sense that you're not getting huge, big vanilla and caramel notes. Um, it smells fantastic just in the bag or in the jar or whatever you're keeping it in. Uh, but the room note is really great, really friendly. And the smoke itself, uh, even though it's Cavendish pressed, uh, it, ju- it does just smoke like a nice Navy cut sort of, sort of, uh, uh, Virginia. So it's got a little bit of this brighter zesty grassy flavors, um, with just a hint of added sweetness. Uh, but the room note is fantastic. Now that that's available in bulk, right? Yes. Yes. And it, and it com- so, comes in those fancy white boxes if you buy the whole those, whatever pound yeah. and a half. Yeah, you get 24 ounces, man. That's a that's a good haul. Yeah. Now, what do you do? Do you suggest aging it a little bit? I mean, I've, I've never thought of it as having a artificial or a top note actually put on it. Um, but No, no. I, so is that a naturally occurring flavor mixture between the tobaccos? You know, I, I think that some of the some of the aroma and some of the sweetness does come from the process, which is that it's it's lightly Cavendish pressed, uh, and and Cavendish just meaning that heat and steam is applied, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that some of that is to bring out the natural flavors, but I do I do suspect that there's a little added essence there that just kind of complements the whole thing, and that's kind of what that's kind of where you know the the beauty in this product lies is that. It is truly a crossover. It, you can't really consider it an aromatic, and you can't really consider it a Virginia. Um, but for all in, uh, you know, all intents and purposes, it is a Virginia flake. Have you aged any of it, and how does it do? I have aged it. Um, now, when you age it, basically, I think you you get a little bit of uh, dissipation of that of that top note, whatever it is, and uh, you get a little more rich sort of the kind of dark fruit flavors that come from aging a Virginia like that. Um, and the room note is still really good, but honestly, this is one that I prefer fresh. I mean, I have some stashed away, but more just to have a stash and less to actually age it. Yeah, and and I guess as, as a... As a bulk tobacco goes, it's relatively expensive, but as a flake tobacco goes, because it's available in bulk, you can buy it by the ounce, it's not all that expensive in comparison. Exactly. And and really, it's it's. I think for a lot of people, it's kind of an all-day smoke for them, and that's part of it, right? I mean, you get a pound and a half for less than 50 bucks, I think, or right around that mark. Um and yeah, that's a that's a pretty pretty decent value considering many fifty gram tins of flakes these days clock in at over ten bucks. Now the uh, the the Peter Stokeby luxury, the the twist or the curly cut um, 
the bullseye. Uh, the luxury flake. bullseye. The bullseye. Yeah. How does that compare to the twist flake? Now, see, it's it's ironic a little bit in the sense that the the luxury bullseye flake, the center of that is actually black Cavendish. So yeah. it actually has black Cavendish. It hasn't simply been Cavendish treated. Uh, but that black Cavendish is unflavored. It's mostly added for body, uh, as far as I can tell. But that is a, a straight up kind of traditional Virginia Perique <laughs> flake. So there's no real there's no real added essence there. And I love it, and I smoke a ton of it. But that's not one that my wife is really in love with when we're in the car together <laughs> well it could just be you're driving um, oh sure sure but let's take another break Who here says i'm driving <laughs> oh well in that case it could be your pat your your uh your uh, front just, seat passenger <laughs> driving um, yeah yeah don't distract her um let's take a break right here when we come back we'll finish this off and uh, we'll have more with shane so stay with us we'll be back in just a minute Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. It's uh, Shane and I talking hybrids or crossovers, and we don't mean Toyotas and uh, and SUVs and stuff like that. We mean <laughs> tobaccos that kind of don't fit into the basic English aromatic or Virginia category. So let's uh, finish this up, and then I got some questions for you. Sounds good. So I, we just talked about Luxury Twist Flake, which is a, a favorite of a lot of people, and I think occupies the space between Virginia and aromatic really well. So guys who want to try Virginias, that's a good place to start uh, if they're coming off aromatic blends. And likewise, guys who are normally smoking Virginias but want something with a little more aroma, that's a fantastic place to start. So my other suggestion in that same space, uh, I think it's a bit of a sleeper. The people who have discovered this seem to really love it, and I am one of them, uh, but Savinelli's Brunello Flake. Uh, Brunello Flake is uh, a straight Virginia. It's got a dash of Macedonian leaf, uh, which I believe is also uh, air-cured or flu-cured. I can't remember. Uh, but um, it's aged ahead of being tinned. And uh, that means that even though it's a lot of bright, I think there's a lot of bright leaf in this tobacco, uh, it has some more mature and rich flavors. But whatever they've done to enhance those, and I do think that there is a little bit of something to enhance those flavors, you end up with like this really, really nice, sweet... It, it, it honestly, it smells like graham crackers and strawberries. Like that's what I, that's what I get from it. It's got a little bit of kind of a brighter fruit uh, note to it. You know, normally we talk about plums and raisins and all that kind of stuff. This is more like bright, fresh strawberries and it's got this toasty kind of vanilla wafer graham cracker thing going on. So again, really good room note, uh, but like a really satisfying tobacco flavor with just a little bit of sweetness hanging out on top. I need to eat before we sit down to record so that I don't get hungry just talking to you about <laughs> now I want I want to go outside and make s'mores yeah um, absolutely so and when you said Macedonian leaf is that that kind of lends more towards a traditional Turkish or oriental style leaf Yes, yes. So, you know, uh, a smaller leaf uh, tobacco plant and uh, a little more delicate in flavor. But I think a lot of uh, a lot of those Orientals um, that have not been cured by smoke uh, uh, have like a nice nuttiness to them. So, you know, they, they kind of occupy a space between uh, a burly that's nice and toasty and nutty and chocolatey and a Virginia that's a little more bready and grassy. So you've got this kind of musty, earthy nuttiness. 
All right, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna I'm gonna take charge of this and ask you some silly questions here. Um, I am a you know I, I'm a Virginia Perique smoker, and you know don't focus on me, but I'll play this part for a minute. Um, <laughs> I want to move into something that doesn't have that that Perique punch, but maybe maybe a very soft neutral tobacco kind of taste. Um, you know, what's a good starter, simple, soft tobacco taste that's not going to have a good, uh, not going to have a real pungent aroma to it? Soft tobacco taste, not going to have a pungent aroma to it. Um, oh man. I mean, one of, one of the classics, I would say uh, capstan. So either, either the uh, yellow or the blue. So the original or the mild, um, uh, those, those are going to be really nice, uh, really honest tobacco flavor. Uh, they're pretty easy going. Even the fuller blend, which is the blue is not going to blow anybody away. Uh, that's a nice place to start. Um, another one, I think, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make a suggestion a little more towards like the darker end of the spectrum, the, the more bass and mid notes. Uh, and, uh, that would be, uh, C and D's Bijou. So Bijou is a nice 2003 red Virginia, uh, that's been treated with just a touch of Oriental, uh, Caterini in fact, and, uh, a little honey is added before they steam it. So that one's really nice. All right. In the same way, going into the English blends, are there? Uh, I, I've got, in fact, I've got a couple on the list that have been suggested to us to, for me to review coming up, including a Presbyterian mixture and Dorisco mixture. But they've been, uh, you know, hard as hen's teeth to find lately. I was actually going to say Presbyterian as soon as you said that. Uh, yeah, so hopefully it's back very, very soon, and uh, and that is a great place to start if you're dipping your toes into those waters. Now, the other one that I would suggest, it's been a long favorite of mine, and after I've tried sort of all of their Latakia blends, uh, I keep coming back to this one because it is somewhere towards the mild end of the spectrum, uh, Sam Gay with Skiff Mixture. Does it taste like soap? No, it doesn't. I don't think so. I mean, perhaps if you're extremely sensitive to the uh, Lakeland essence, um, but any Lakeland essence in the in the skiff mixture will be incidental, you know, just from occupying the same building as the rest of that stuff. But no, it, it does not have uh, an added essence. And, um, you know, Squadron Leader is very good, and it's, it's, it's definitely a benchmark blend uh, for Englishes, but I really enjoy the skiff because it's a little more oriental forward and it's a little lighter on the Latakia. How does uh, how does Dunhill's early morning pipe fit into this? You know, honestly, Dunhill's early morning pipe is another favorite of mine for the same reason. It's a little more oriental forward, a little less Latakia, but it seems like whatever Virginias they're using in that blend. Um, my only my only warning to anyone uh, uh, testing that out is that. Even though it's an early morning pipe, uh, you know that's gonna be that's gonna be like taking a double shot of uh, Italian espresso instead <laughs> of your normal drip coffee. It, it's got some power to it. it. It didn't say easy morning. It said early morning. Yeah, like if you want to wake <laughs> up by getting you know smacked in the face, then that that is a great way to start your morning. <laughs> All right, and you know what? Well, uh, so I was on uh, I. I pinch hit, uh, I pinch hitted, um, pinch hat. Uh, yeah, there I, <laughs> I, I pinched hitted, uh, for John David Cole on the country squire. And one of the questions that Bo, the, the question that Bo asked me on the pipe question of the week is he asked me what are kind of, you know, what are kind of some, some benchmark tobaccos benchmark tin blends if you wanted to start out and find out where you are in you know like a uh, in in a virginia virginia perique or english or even a aromatic um where do you you know you got a brand new smoker what are those benchmark targets that you send somebody to to find out where they are what do they like Find out where they are. What do they like? Uh, as far as like all kinds of different stuff, uh, anything from aromatic to English, or yeah, what what range are they in? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, you know, usually because one, I am a fan of experimentation, but it also kind of depends if someone's willing to try three things at a time or, uh, in my opinion, uh, more correctly, maybe like, I don't know, eight things at a time. So, you know, you might, 
I think that it's really easy um, to, let, let's say Dunhill's Range, for example, to try early morning pipe and say, okay, great, that's really tasty and I really enjoy it. And if that's the first English blend you've ever had, it will be easy to get along with, but you might be doing yourself a disservice by not also trying Nightcap at the same time, if that makes sense. So... For Virginia Periques, I think it's a really good place to start with something like Escudo, which is a little on the higher side. You know, that's going to give you a little bit more of an idea. And then on the other end of the spectrum, Solani 633 uh, Virginia Perique Flake, which is a little more toned down and a little less spicy. And where do we go for just a just a straight Virginia? Straight Virginia, mm, that is a that is a harder question, um, only because. Uh, I am I am such a straight Virginia fan that it's really hard for me to narrow it down to just a couple. Um, honestly, I think a good place to start, even though it is a little bit of a sleeper, uh, would be uh, Astley's 109 Medium Virginia Flake. Um, that's a good place to start for something that's a little more on the sweet side and a, a little less grassy and uh, uh, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be an easier blend for someone to manage who's not used to the Virginias that kind of tend to burn a little faster, a little hotter. Um, so that's a good place to start. And then I think on the darker side, you know, maybe a little more stoved, something something like that. You have to try full Virginia Flake. And then and that, you have to figure out if you like the Lakeland essence. That's what I was going to say. You kill two birds with one stone with that one. If you if you love it, you should keep keep trying all the Lakeland stuff. And if not so much, then maybe you want to steer back towards maybe something out of Dan- uh, Denmark or uh, Germany. Is there an aromatic that you kind of point people towards if they want to find out that they you know, just find out if they're an aromatic smoker? Um, yeah, there's a couple. Uh, let me think here. Mm. A really great place to start for for an aromatic smoker, and I think I think even if, especially if someone has like no experience with aromatics, um, I think traditionally the sort of aromatic blends that a lot of us maybe cut our teeth on or tried first, um, they are very good, and there's a reason that they're so popular. However, I will say that you must be prepared. Uh, with something like 1Q, for example, <laughs> yeah. you must be prepared for it not to taste quite like it smells in the back, and I actually think that when you're a well-seasoned pipe smoker and you learn how to pack your bowl right and you learn how to smoke nice and slow, at that point you will get more enjoyment out of a blend like 1Q. So having said that, I usually steer people towards Autumn Evening by Cornell and Deal, and there's two reasons that I steer them in that direction. One, um, it is it is a really, really nice, high-quality Red Virginia that's used as the base for the Cavendish. So they're getting to experience, um, you know, almost practically a single variety uh, of Red Virginia. Uh, Yes, it's Cavendish treated and topped, but it gives them an idea of what one type of Virginia tastes like as a base. And furthermore, uh, the maple topping that's on it is sort of universally loved. You know, not everybody wants a cherry blend to start out. Not everybody wants a whiskey blend to start out. Not everybody wants a vanilla blend to start out. But maple is like kind of a really nice compromise between several of those things. Uh, So it gives you some added sweetness. It gives you nice room uh, room note but it's also a blend that's really easy to smoke and really forgiving of, of of someone who is still kind of figuring out all of the technique and stuff and i'll and i'll throw in there that the uh, uh peter stokeby's ps24 nougat is a uh, is a danish variation of what one q would taste like if it was made in denmark because it just seems to be uh, it's a little less uh, syrupy and a little more uh, softer on the flavors. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And it's it's also a really good smoke, really nice cut, burns really well. And, and I think that's the thing is, you know, if you get a, a blend that has a, a little bit of Burley, a little bit of Virginia, a little bit of Black Cavendish, maybe it's a rough cut, not all of those, not all of those ribbons are identical, you know, identical in thickness. That can be a little more tricky to pack and get right. And something like Nougat or something like Autumn Evening is nice and uniform and therefore a little lower maintenance. And uh, if you want to hear my answers, you'll have to check out uh, Country Squire Radio. The only advice that I gave that I'll that I'll share here is, uh, you know, make sure and smoke at least an ounce of the blend before you give up on it, because you, you, you you've got to try it in different. You got to try all these everything that we've talked about today. You've got to try them in different pipes and different sizes of bowls and different packing techniques. So it may take. 10 or 12 different bowlfuls to 
really figure out how it works best for you and get the best out of it before you determine whether or not you hate it completely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at a certain point, whether you're smoking it first thing in the morning or at the end of the day, that makes a big difference. Your general mood, all of these things factor into it. So you, you got to give them a fair shake and, and smoke as much as you can over over a different, you know, a lot of different situations and a lot of different pipes. Yeah. And then we've, we've got a few more minutes and I wanted to ask you because we since we last talked, we also lost uh, Lars Everson. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, you know, we, we go back to the estate pipe market again. Um, what do you think is going to happen with the value of his pipes and in uh, the and the availability of his pipes on the estate market? Well, you know, the value is, is going to go up. Uh, how, however much, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure that it'll skyrocket because on one hand, um, his pipes were already very rare. Uh, and, and that has a lot to do with uh, value. So um, they are certainly going to be more rare. But the other thing is, you know, it could go either way. Maybe some people that have a few of his pipes will be looking to, you know, sell them or trade them out or whatever uh, because they think the value is going to go up a lot. But what I think is more likely, and this would this would be the case if I was fortunate enough to own any of his pipes, I would not be keen on letting go of them because they're already extremely limited. So in that sense, it might take quite a while for the market to be able to really react to, to what's happened. And, and it's sad, you know, it's sad to think of it this way, but you're, you know, you're right when you've got such a small, uh, it really in, in that price range, you've got a very small collector base and that very small collector base now can't get anything new. So they may be holding on to them super tight and you know, oh, yeah. we may not see one on the estate market for a couple of years because they may, uh, you know, maybe they they could end up trading them between each other, just trying to improve their own personal collections. Uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't automatically mean that all of a sudden, yeah, like we saw with the flood of McClellan product that became available on the uh, on eBay, on eBay or, or yeah. something like that. It doesn't mean that that's going to happen with a pipe of this nature. Uh, no, no. Yeah, the other thing that could potentially happen is that the prices of the pipes will come down because there is no new market for them. Sure, sure. I, I guess that is a possibility. I, I would think that that would be unlikely and mostly yeah. because mostly because it's been for it's been years and years and years that you know as as you said the 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 kind of collector that's interested in a pipe of that caliber um you know it's not a big pool of people but i, I still think that for the past decade or two decades um you know lars has not been able to meet the market's demand either you know even though it is a, is a fairly a fairly small niche within the industry at that point so yeah i mean it, it, like i said if i had any of his pipes right now the last thing i would be thinking is okay it's time to unload these yeah I, if i had one of his pipes right now i'd hold on to it dearly and probably hide it yeah or, or i'd just be smoking it and thinking about all the time i spent with him and uh you know admiring it and loving it which is what they're for yep so the next time we will have you on you'll uh talk about your uh trip to denmark and uh and hopefully have some uh fun and interesting interviews for us and then uh I guess shortly after that, I'll get to see you in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk uh, Chicago preview and all that fun stuff and everybody getting all ramped up for it. And um, and hopefully you will have recovered from the, uh, you know, recovered enough from the trip to Europe. <laughs> yeah. Um, how many uh, How many pipes are you taking with you personally? So, you know, I, I've got... I've got a little bit of time before I leave at this point, and uh, I've already started. You know, I, I pack my clothes in my in my toiletries like the hour before I leave for the airport. But my pipes and my tobacco, I take a little bit of time to think about it. Um, I'm taking less tobacco these days, but I still have to take for a two and a half week trip. I've got to have like nine pipes with me. And that's because you got to give each one a day off in between, or. Well, you know, I mean, most of them I'm smoking more than once in a day at that point. So, um, especially when I'm on the trip. Uh, so when it, when it comes down to it, nine pipes, uh, over a course of like 15 days, uh, each and I'm smoking three, four bowls a day. That's, that's still not much of a rest for any of them. 
Well, it depends on how on what kind of a hotel room you have. You might you you know you might be able to put your pipes on the other bed and let them rest during the day. And <laughs> sure, sure. Oh, you're talking about uh, time off from smoking. Time off from smoking, and yeah, they can't rest on the bed because when I'm in the hotel, you know, it's Europe. I can get a smoking room. Oh, the good old days. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, any comments or questions for me and or Shane, uh, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or it's shane.ireland at smokingpipes.com. Oh, uh, and uh, and since you're not even Irish, I won't even wish you a belated uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Shane, thanks uh, thanks for coming on and doing this. This was This one was fun. Absolutely. Good to be back. Thanks, everybody. Well, I'll be back in just a minute. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic Cashmere, the sultry Licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino Red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. This is Internet Radio. And I am back. Hey, listen, I really would like to, uh, you know, maybe if you've got some suggestions of a crossover or a hybrid type of tobacco, maybe... uh, you know, maybe something that you smoke around uh, other non-smokers to be a little more pleasing to them. Uh, let us know so that we can maybe put a list together for people. You know, post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on uh, PipesMagazine.com. All right, for music, we're going back to the uh, the Mutual Admiration Society that is... Uh, uh, Sterling Ball, Jim Cox, and uh, pipe smoker, drummer, guest of uh, past guest of the show, John Ferraro. And this one is called Strip Mall Gourmet, and it features a guitar player by the name of Jay Graydon.
Again, the album is the Mutual Admiration Society. It's available on iTunes and all those places where you can go and buy downloads or you can uh, Google search it and you can actually get a real CD of it. And uh, you get to hear my friend John Ferraro playing drums on every track of it. You've got mail. In the mailbag, going back to last week's show with the uh, with Tom, the Northwest Pipe Smoker, three comments so far, and the first one is Casey Ghost, who says, Good show. I think the search for McClellan replacement is kind of like searching for fool's gold. You may be happy with what you found, but it won't be any near like McClellan's. Well, you could be true, but uh, wait for next week's show. Uh, and then he says, Tom was a good interview, but man, could he talk? It was obvious he doesn't listen to the show much. Uh, you, you know, and let me just say that that's, you know, that's fine with me. You don't have to listen to the show, but, you know, we'd like for you. But again, there's a lot of information on YouTube, and that's the way a lot of people get their information. And there's a lot of you that get information off of the forums and so on and so on. Uh, then he finally says, I'll try Thursday and Saturday to see if I can get anyone to listen, but I don't hold out much hope. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Uh, New Broom says, I really enjoyed the interview and have been a big fan of NW Pipe Smoker almost since I started smoking my pipes. I also enjoyed and continue to enjoy Tom's stream of consciousness manner of conversation, uh, especially when applied to the Fast Five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the music really hit my groove. I once saw Muddy Waters perform that song, but I like this version more, I think. Thanks to all involved. Puff away, Mike. Mike, you are welcome. And then Randy R80 says, Love this show. Thank you for all your hard work that you put into making sure that we have the best freaking information about pipes, tobacco, and great history about the hobby. Well, you're welcome. I like doing it. Um, let me go back to uh, last week where Casey Ghost wrote, um, I don't know why it is we can't duplicate other than the lack of proper ingredients. I can understand Syrian Latakia being unavailable. It's gone and there's nothing that really replaces it. Cyprian Latakia is good, but not the same. The particular Red Virginia that McClellan uses is gone and won't be replaced. Like they say, things happened. What happened to Three Nuns is just a mystery. Why would the original maker sell the recipe without Perique in it? It makes no sense. All you can do is move on. And then he talks about Jim Brown. So let me let me talk about a few of those things right there in there. Um, you know, it as you'll find out next week, and as Dan said this week, it is impossible to duplicate something that a manufacturer did. Uh, in the case of the McClellan Virginias, it's a process, it's a treatment, it's a combination of the leaf and their history with it. In the case of three nuns, I happen to know pretty sure what happened. And so I'll give you my opinion. And remember, I am the leading expert on my own opinion. Uh, so at the in 1998, the company that owned three, uh, that owned uh, three nuns, Capstan, Gold Block, uh, Amphora. Let me also throw in there uh, Bengal Slices and a couple others. There was two things that happened. One, the company was a big cigarette company. In 1998-97, there was the Master Settlement Agreement of Cigarette Manufacturers. All of them had to sign on to this and agree to a 20-year payment plan to fund uh, health care for children or something like that. Anyway, a, a handful of companies, especially the European companies that didn't have a big business here, left the market. They took their cigarettes and they left the market and they took their pipe tobaccos and they left the market. They took their cigars, their cigar products and left the market because they would have had to have been involved in the master settlement agreement because they were cigarette manufacturers and they couldn't spin off the pipe tobaccos separately so they left the market now in the case of three nuns in particular why did it go from a, a virginia perique blend to a virginia with black cavendish or dark fired in it or what is, is what exactly is in it uh well that's because the virginia perique blend was it ended up in the same fold in the same ownership group as Escudo, and Escudo was dramatically more popular. Uh, 
Escudo had more of a following, so they wanted to tweak it and make Three Nuns a little more uh, appealing to the masses. And remember, when you talk about pipe tobacco, the mass, uh, the, the predominant amount of pipe tobacco that's smoked is Cavendish. Aromatic or non-aromatic, it's a Cavendish style. So, yeah, they could lower the cost by having less by having no perique in there and they could try to make it more appealing to the masses that you know just don't like perique you know those people that i don't understand at all whatsoever because i love perique and uh, smoking a tobacco without perique in it is a problem for me so that's what happened uh however you know, stay tuned to the Pipes Magazine radio show. There's changes afoot, and uh, I may know something that uh, a lot of people don't know. Anyway, all right, there you go. Comments or questions, again, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, rant time. Cowboy. Cowboy. The ad with Aaron reminds me of, uh, you know, when, when he talks about shipping pipes, um, that ad reminds me of two situations in the past uh, 10 days or so that have uh, pissed me off. And one is, uh, well, both are shipping related, but one is I ordered some bookends, metal bookends. Yes, they're Disney related, but I ordered, I bought them on eBay and the shipper sent them and they got here just a hair slower than they were supposed to. But when they got here, they were in a square priority mailbox that was taped shut and there was absolutely no packing material in there. So thankfully they were metal and I could bend them back because they'd shifted around. So I sent a letter off to the, uh, sent an email off to the eBay, sh- the eBay seller telling them, you know, next time you need to put some packing material in there. The box was slightly caved in and the bookends themselves were bent and slightly tweaked. I was able to fix them, no big deal, but I wanted to educate the shipper that, you know what, that's pretty bad. And especially if you got a 1200 rating or so, that's pretty darn bad that you didn't put any packing material in there. Uh, the other thing is we ordered something online for the house and I looked at it on two different computer screens. One, my real MacBook screen, the other one, a bigger screen. And I looked at the color and when the color of the item got here, it was completely different. Instead of being an antique white, it was a yellow almost to green. So companies, you know, make sure you use the right packing material. Companies, make sure you take photographs that are representative of what your products are so that when we buy them, we don't have to unpack them, get styrofoam all over the damn place, and then figure out how to pack them back up and then get a call tag and a pickup tag and put them out on the front porch. Or even worse, what they wanted me to do is drive them to a UPS drop-off store. I said, no. No, 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 no. I know that's cheaper for you, but you, you know, you shipped it to me. You can pick it up from here. All right, there you go. Uh, just a reminder, brand new episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show every Tuesday night. They go up at 8 p.m. Eastern time and then are shortly available on iTunes after that. Keep sharing out the Pipes Magazine radio show with all your pipe smoking friends. And if you got somebody that you really don't like, hey, make them listen to all 280 some odd episodes in a row. That'll torture them really good. Uh, With that, I want to say thanks to Shane for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny Why are sardine bones edible, except in cartoons?